What's going on? Brad Peterson here with another podcast for you from the SMH Lab. Talking sports and distance running today with, with two great Indiana distance coaches. Chris Kovaleski, Coach Cove from Mishawaka High School, coached the best female runner distance-wise in the history of Indiana, Anna Roars. We talk about that and many other things with him. Also, Coach Chad Wetzel from South Bend Riley, uh, one of the best coaches at you know a smaller school and doesn't really have a feeder system, but he really gets it done with lower numbers and gets the most out of his kids. These are these are very good friends of myself and, and even better friends with Coach Josh Fletcher from Trine University, who used to coach near these guys when he was at Penn. So Josh is a special co-host. He's my go-to. He's my Vanna White. Anyway, enjoy this podcast. And if you would, rate us on iTunes. Five stars only, please. Um, I don't know if Josh will help or hurt that cause. And if you want to write a review, that's awesome also. Enjoy. Welcome to the SMH Lab Podcast. This is Brad Peterson. I have a special co-host, Josh Fletcher. You've probably heard of him. He's been on here several times. But uh, we have some very distinguished guests today, two coaches. One, uh, both from the South Bend area. One is Chad Wessel from Riley. And then we have Chris Kovaleski from Mishawaka. Coach Fletcher, are you here? I am. Thanks for having me. Thanks, thanks for being my co-host. You guys, can you hear us? Yes, we're good. We're here. here. Awesome. We're going to start rolling. Coach Fletcher, go ahead. All right. So, um, obviously, you know, we have a bunch of topics I want to talk about, but I want to start off with kind of if you guys could just take turns walking me through a, a four-year progression. Um, Cove, I want you to talk about some a girl, chat about a boy. You know, they come to you, you know, day one, either in the summer or when the season starts. They have little to no running experience. Um, it may be a little bit, you know, how do you progress them through their four years, kind of what that looks like, some things that you want to see, things that you will probably see, um, and, and, and how you maximize their ability. Uh, yeah, all right. I'll go ahead and go with yeah. the, uh, the boys. So, you know, we, like you said, we don't get a lot of kids uh, coming in with a lot of experience, but, yeah. you know, kind of as a general rule, um, you know, I kind of ideally in my perfect world, I'd like to try to get a freshman boy to 35 miles, you know, that freshman year um sophomore 40 junior 45 and then by senior year and again it all depends but you know you'd like to have them somewhere around 50 miles i've had some kids that you could push a little farther but um usually keep the long runs you know i try to keep by by grade so if you're a freshman nine sophomore 10 you know junior 11 and you know senior 12 um but yeah we do get some kids i have to kind of you know we get some kids that have never ever had you know any experience running so you know obviously we have to kind of adjust that but that's ideally kind of how I like to go about Chad, it. Chad, is that six days? Yeah, we go six days. Um, so I give, them, I give them Sundays off. Um, early in my career, we tried to do the long run on Sunday. And, you know, we just kind of – I think with, with college kids, you might be able to get away with that a little bit easier. But uh, I just didn't find having a lot of success. We had a lot of kids not quite getting that long run in on Sunday. So yeah, we pushed that to Monday. Yeah. Yeah, we take Sundays off. Nice. Go ahead, Cove. All right. Definitely coaching the girls is different than the guys in many aspects. And I think the first one is I'm basically coaching a girl for the first year, four different times. And because there's so many changes that are going on physically with a girl from her freshman year, we've coached the girls and just from their, from their freshman year to their senior year, they're, they're totally different people and their makeup. And so you got to be very cautious and you can't really plan for four years and say, hey, this is what you you did. This as a freshman. We're going to have you do this as a senior because you may have a totally different athlete in person uh, by the time they get to that senior year. And so I think you definitely have to be safe and think about the well-being of the of the girl every year and where she, you know, when she comes in. Um, For that first year, we don't run a lot of miles for for most freshmen, Uh, even if they came from a really successful middle school background. We rarely get any girls with success at the middle school level. Most of them are coming out for cross country their freshman year because their friends were on the team and their friends are out and they think it's a safe, fun environment. And so we typically cap most freshman girls at 30 miles or under. 
um, sometimes even less. Uh, my number, our top priority as a freshman is to get them to love it yeah. and to like it and to come back next year. And if they have a negative experience that freshman year and they're going to tell their friends and they're not going to come back and then we, you know, so when we get to that sophomore year, then we can actually, I think, talk more serious training and, you know, what we really want to be able to do and how we're going to kind of take training to the next level, how they were able to handle that. Um, and then that I find there's a lot of girls between that sophomore and junior year uh, going into, there's a lot of changes that go on and you really have to sometimes, I think it's not really, you don't have to make changes to the training is just be consistent with the training. Yep. So this, a lot of the same things you did your sophomore year, you don't really have to get, you don't have to get fancy. You don't have to get any kind of magic uh, mileage or formula is just have them be more consistent and just let it kind of layer in the training that you're doing. And then by your senior year uh, depends on how, if that girl still likes, still likes it. She's, you know, then the injuries that may pop in just from, I, I think the biggest thing that coaches, uh, when coaching girls, you can get away with it more on the guys, but not on the girls. You got to be patient. You got to be really patient with them. Uh, and there may be some times when they're going through changes that you're going to say, look, you know, it's going through a rough patch and you got to be positive when they're going through these changes. Um, and cause they're questioning, you know, why I ran X times freshman year. Why am I not running this time? My junior year. Yeah. Uh, some of the best girls that we've had come with our program. Um, they ran, their, you know, when they ran their PRs their senior year, that was a PR they beat from their freshman year. So, you know, it wasn't, you know, progressive sophomore, junior year, get faster. So, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. You got to, you got to, there is no magic formula. You got to be able to talk to the kid uh, and see what they're doing uh, and mentally, emotionally, and definitely physically and uh, get them to buy in and be on your side. Great answer. Yeah, I've always been impressed with both of you guys on how, how your, you know, your uh, retention rate, how you guys keep kids for four years, and that's obviously evident. But, uh, you know, so it sounds like you guys value every every single freshman because you're, at some point you'll need them. Oh. You know, it's not, it's not like you're getting 30 or 40 freshmen a year. You get, you're, probably getting, you're probably getting three to five, and, and yes. you have to cradle and, and nurture all of those. And I think that's an art and, and, and awesome for our sport. Um, could you guys talk about uh, your Monday through Sunday schedule or Sunday through Monday, however you want to, like workouts, easy days, kind of since we talked about, you know, Chad, you said long run Monday. Uh, why don't you go first and talk us through the rest of the week and then COVID and then you can go. Sure. Um, you know, like I said, we talked about this quite a bit and uh, COVID and I've talked about this and, you know, I've kind of bounced back and forth, you know, different times that we're, we're kind of early on. Um, we would kind of go Monday long run and, uh, you know, obviously, long runs a challenging day. Um, you know, for kids, for anybody really. And so then we used to go Tuesday. <clears throat> we would go, you know, some kind of repeats, some kind of you know K's, some kind of repeat. Uh, Wednesday was a recovery day. Uh, Thursday we would do some kind of, you know, some kind of tempo run. You know, Friday would be recovery, and then we'd race Saturday. Um, you know, and as you kind of said, you know, we don't have a ton of numbers. Yeah. You know, our, our good teams. I mean, we were always. I mean, you're barely five deep. So you know. And in, in, in the last few years, you know, in South Bend schools, we, you know, we're losing thousands of kids um, to other districts. So it's becoming even more difficult. And the injury, you know, we have to be really careful. So I've kind of switched in the last, like, three or four years to where we've kind of gone, you know, long run, keep that long run on Monday, you know, recovery on Tuesday, um, you know, hit it, hit it pretty hard with a workout on Wednesday, and then we'll go recovery on Thursday, Friday, and then race on Saturday. So part of that was just because, you know, we just can't afford to lose anybody. I mean, we just – we do not have a lot of depth. Um, we're losing kids like crazy to other districts. And so we've just got to be really careful. And, you know, our, our rate of injury, you know, is probably similar to everyone else's, but we just, we can't replace kids as easy as, as some of these mega schools can. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You, you know, if, if you lose a kid who has running experience as coming in, he's, he's pretty valuable. So yeah, I understand. Chad, yeah. Chad, are, you, are you running, us. are you running hard on that long run Monday? Yeah, you know, we'll mix it up sometimes. Sometimes we'll progress. Uh, so we'll do a kind of a progression run or, you know, let's say a boy's got a 12-mile long run. Sometimes we'll go, you know, we'll go six, seven miles, kind of easing into it, kind of rolling into it. And then, you know, we'll kind of start chopping down a little bit to where, you know, to where that last mile, you know, is, is more, of, you know, more of a tempo mile. And so just so we're kind of feeling fast, um, you know, and building confidence at the end of that run. So, yeah, we'll do different things. We'll throw, we'll throw, 
you know, kind of a fart like long run where we'll throw something in the middle. Um, just to, you know, just obviously to change it up the long run, obviously you guys know this, you know, it can be, it can be mentally challenging for these kids, you know, especially when you got little freshmen, sophomores, and they're trying to figure this whole thing out and, you know, it, it could be quite a, a grind. And so we try to kind of change it up a little bit, to keep it, to keep it interesting, but yeah, they're hard. I mean, it's a hard day, especially now that we've moved, you know, that we've moved that workout from Tuesday to Wednesday, you know, we try to make that Monday run that long run a little bit harder. Yeah. Have you experiment, experimented with any sort of, uh, like, uh, you know, 200s at pace or 400s at the end of that or before that? Have you done anything like, anything like that? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, recently in COVID, COVID I talked about this on, on the way down to the coaching clinic, but, you know, I was obviously with the Feed the Cats thing coming out, and, you know, there's obviously always something new and something popular and something hot. And <laughs> so, you know, we've kind of introduced that a little bit more to where, um, you know, we'll do some speed stuff. We'll do some things where we're getting turned over. Uh, we try to usually do it beforehand yes. um, while they're fresh. Know, different people like different things and uh but we try to do it when they're fresh you know kind of before a run uh kind of sets the tone for the you know the rest of the run but yeah we'll throw those things in there sometimes we throw them in before the workout on wednesday um just kind of depends on how you know kind of how we feel temperature is a hot day you know is it going to be a, a you know, challenging long run so we'll, we'll kind of we'll mix that in there but yeah for sure i like it you know that's that's interesting you said that about because that's the biggest thing that makes me nervous is like i love the flying 30s but like if it's 52 degrees, I don't love the flying thirties. It makes me super nervous, you know, um, with my, with my long distance guys like, Oh, how'd your, how'd your long distance runner pull his hamstring? Oh, we're doing flying thirties, you know, like I'm, I'm yeah. the idiot, but, uh, yeah, when you're, but yeah, but like if we're over at, uh, if we're over at trying on their, at their indoor facility with, with coach Fletcher, like a lot of times we would do like five times flying thirties before we started our, you know, our hard, long interval workout or wherever that may be and i tell you what the kids always had a better workout because of it so i'm sure. i'm a believer in that but like you said chad like it just depends on a lot of temperature and a lot of things sure all right thanks that's, that's an awesome answer all right cove bar set high your turn <laughs> well you guys have known me long enough that every time i listen to a new coach or go to a new clinic <laughs> i'm changing everything you know so <laughs> do it all there we go it's like, yep. hey, Cove, if it's broke, you got to fix it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's constantly, it's, I believe it's constantly broke. It's always tweaking. Uh, you know, I, I think I'm, this would be year like 26 or 28 of me coaching, but it's not really, uh, it's almost I'm going into my, for the 28th time, I'm going into my first year coaching. And uh, it, it's, and so I'm always kind of looking, hey, this is the, this is how we used to do it. Show we, what can we do differently? So both the, the schedule that we follow is very close to, what Wetzel does, uh, we've kind of shared that, and just I think most coaches in the state, if they're if they've been educating themselves and following, most of them do the long run on Monday. Um, so, and then we have some kind of quality workout on Tuesday. We have a recovery day, um, and on Wednesday, and then we have another quality workout on Thursday. Easy Friday race on Saturday. Where we kind of change and go into that is um, um, only one of those days can be an effort like if we're going to scale it from a one to ten effort um I had a conversation with Notre Dame's uh coach Carlson and he, yeah. he and I got a great information about this he talked about it and I've been thinking about it and he just kind of confirmed it so if we're going to scale every day from a one to ten effort only one of those days can be over an eight well yeah. if you're racing on Saturday that's your eight yeah and, and so if you're going to have a kid hey we're going to do a 10 mile long run on on Monday and I want you to progress that and if that kid's going to, you know, and he, if he's dropping down, you know, sub sixes, breaking six, a couple of that, that's over an eight there too. And so we're, and then those Wednesdays, we make sure we give the kids some freedom. If we're doing a recovery on Wednesday day, uh, it can be a pool. It can be a cross training. Um, we'll have an easy route. Maybe we, we split that up. We have a lot of kids, even like with uh, Casey Quincon. Quintana, who just graduated, he said, hey, I'm going to go out and get six in, but then I'm going to jump in the pool and do some aqua running uh, for maybe, you know, 10, 20 minutes afterwards. Uh, or we'll, So we'll have the kids, you know, and then there's a lot of communications going on between the athletes. Like, right, where are you hurting? What's going on? This is our one day. Um, more often than not, and I think all of you agreed on that Tuesday, especially on that Thursday, the other quality days, we're trying to slow them down rather than speed them up. Um, if we're doing a threshold thousands on a Tuesday and I say, Hey, I want you to run them in four flat, uh, you know, uh, for some of my, or maybe four ten for some of my top girls. And they're suddenly coming through in three fifty, 
I'm yelling at them to slow down or I'm going to cut off the number because they screwed up the workout. Yeah. And then suddenly this is, you know, suddenly you're having your eight effort day and how are you going to turn around and do another eight effort day? And then, you know, there's, there's kids wrongfully and I get it because they're ambitious. Most of the kids that come out for cross country are very smart. They at first they think if I can put in three hard effort days a week, I'm going to be a stud. Well, you're going to be a stud for a couple of weeks until you're hurt. And then, you know, a month later. Uh, so that's kind of how we structure it. I'm, I'm looking at the idea because of those long runs and maybe going every other week on a long run on Monday yeah. uh, because it can be kind of taxing. Some of these kids don't quite understand it. Um, and we, we may start, um, we, we're going to have five freshman girls, five freshman boys. That's a great turnout for us. Typically, <laughs> typically it's like three or four each. Uh, and I've had one year, a couple of years, there's only been a, you know, one or two freshmen on each side. And, uh, we may tell them, you know, and, and I think only a couple of them will be able to run six miles, uh, you know, long run. So I yeah. may say, Hey, we're just going to do four miles today and not a long run, but for them, that may be it. And we may just actually cut down a long, go every other for the first uh, part of the season for long run Monday mm-hmm. and just make that Monday, just a quality effort day. Um, or maybe just an easy effort day where we're going to work on maybe strength and conditioning stuff before maybe work on our sprints. I, uh, Peterson, I do, we also do the flying tens, the flying thirties beforehand. After up. And then when the kids, cause it's everything you're, you're building up to everything. And what's the rush to get there. Sometimes we're such a rush to get there to get the kids in shape. We're the only sport out of all the sports that are really playing. We don't care about our wins and losses. We're all about, a month, judged. one month. Yeah. yeah, we're judged on performance. Yeah, uh, at the end of the season. So, yeah. who cares that your kid is not quite able to do a long run at the quality you want in early September? It's like, dude, build you up slowly. You know, let's be cautious. Um, maybe too, or it's too fast. Uh, well, if we get, I'll allow you. I'll let them progression on a long run later in the season if they show that they can handle it. I like it. Hey, uh, I tell you, go back to your Wednesday thing. Um, I, I've always admired and love how you have your your finger on the pulse of your team and, and can have an adult conversation with with your athletes about what they need. You know, not only that example about um, about Casey Quintana, but you've done this for years uh, and you've been awesome about you know what's the right recipe for that Wednesday. Every kid's different. I know back when you coach Anna Aurora, which we'll get to in a little bit, you were you were you were masterful with coaching her, in my opinion. Um, so if I were to coach her, I don't, I'd probably be a different result because I'm not as, as patient as you are sometimes. Right. Um, but I tell you one thing that I think I, I've done a lot with some kids that are lower mileage that might just be a middle distance kid, or even someone who can't handle mileage is we do a long run every 10 days or some, some ways it's 11. We go Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, every other week. Um, and that kind of mixes up the long run and allows you to recover between long runs. Uh, and it gives a different feel, you know, it's yeah. not always on that Monday, you know, some Mondays you get off, but then Wednesday, when when the week started rolling, you you hop in another long run. So that that's kind of how I, I've approached it. Yeah, I like that, and we I like that idea. And I've thought about I've even thought about maybe going a long run on Tuesday if we race on Saturday. And yeah. I would say let's take an easy, let's get another an extra recovery day on, on Monday. Let's come back with a long run on a, on a on a Tuesday, and then we'll go easy Wednesday. Then we'll kind of do you know a moderate workout on, on Thursday. You know. With the racing that we do in high school, at first, I've kind of gone back and forth. First, I thought we raced way too much. Uh, we had 16 races on the schedule when I became the coach at Mishawaka in 2002. And uh, now we're, you know, we're down to about 11. But I looked at the JV kids. Um, we pared everything down so much, we only had six races. That's right. That's, that wasn't enough. They, yeah. needed to, they need to race more. That's their best quality effort. So now we're adding a little bit more races in there and trying to get everybody where at least they can get in eight or nine races a year yeah Um, but you know and sometimes they beat these kids up uh sometimes you can really destroy i remember a coach years ago uh good guy young coach enthusiastic he really wanted to get in but he had the kids do a half marathon early in the season and all the kids did a half marathon you know they got a medal and it was great and they felt proud of it but man those kids were so beat up they were trash for the next uh, two three weeks you know because they went all out for 13 miles, which they, they weren't ready yet, you know, for some of these freshmen and sophomores. They weren't ready. Yeah. 
So yeah, that's th- those are good points, and yeah, I can't believe that anybody would have anybody do a half marathon all out because you need you literally need like almost a month of recoup if you're if you're going all out. Um, but as far as the the JV thing, I I get that too. Um, we really truthfully need like universally speaking, statewide speaking, yes. we need we need a JV schedule. Like Tuesdays need to be JV meets. Uh, every single week and then and then some of those jv kids will also race saturday you know if they're in the top 12 whatever and some won't but then no one is left out but that's a whole nother a whole nother story well, um, we, we were really pushing for to get those top 12 kids to run in the postseason i think that would have been yeah. great Agreed. That, yeah. well, 11 that would that was extending the jv season you know that 10th or 11th kid he wasn't going to help you this year but just get him another another race on the sectional regional course now disappointed that didn't happen but i think we can still keep on pushing towards that Right. And Cove, let me say this, like with the uh, not hitting a, an eight or higher in terms of effort, uh, I get that, especially in October. Like I don't want them like semi-state state week. I don't want them going harder than an eight in a workout probably. But like in September, I don't really, I don't care if they rip off a, a really good long run on a Monday and have a really good Wednesday workout. And then whatever they have left on Saturdays, whatever they have left. Do you agree with that or, or no? It depends on the kid. Some kids recover great. Some kids can handle it. Some kids, their ceiling, their trainability level is so high. They don't know yeah. what they're doing. They, they're, they're literally racing themselves into shape. And so what they may say is an eight, you know, maybe a, a five or a six couple, you know, a couple of weeks later. And so they're right. kind of pushing the ceiling. And now with, your, with the stud that you have and, and, and some of the others, they have, you know, they're – you don't want to tell them, hey, you're going to do three, eight efforts because they're going to go at it, you know, especially in the that's incredible quality stuff, you know, that very few people can handle. Some right. of the young kids, though, they can, you know, you go ahead. You feel good today. Go, you know, <laughs> but especially in the girls, I think the guys, you can get away with it a little bit more and the girls, not so much. Um, I think the quality pace of runs. Yeah, you can do that. Um, uh, but in the girls, there's such a injury risk there of so many intangible factors that I'm, you know, really got to watch the gradual build up into it. But yeah, yeah I, I do agree. I think with the boys, just to interject, but I think with the boys, you know, I, I kind of same, you know, thing that Brad was saying, is especially if you've got kids that are a little older that are mentally tough, that can understand that they might be a little sluggish on Saturday or maybe it's your best performance, but not the best time or something. I think when you have kids like that, you can get away with that a little bit more. Some of the younger kids, you know, like I said, you know, no matter how much you tell them, they're looking at the time, you know, yeah. and they're looking at the course and things like that. So, um, yeah, so I think some of our older kids, you know, we can hammer a few, you know, we can go, like I said, we can go a few eights during the week and maybe they don't have their best performance on Saturday and it doesn't crush their confidence. They understand, you know, that, that this is part of the plan, et cetera. So I, I do agree you can get away with a little bit more with the boys possibly. Right. And like, I'll go back to, I know I've told the story before, I don't know how many people, but um, 2004, Coach Fletcher here was at Northridge the year they won state and, um, we were at New Prairie, and he was all pissed off because his, his kids didn't run as well as they wanted. We I lost said, on tiebreaker. Just for the I, I, said, <laughs> I said, well, well what would you guys do on Thursday? He's like, uh-huh. five by 2K. I'm like, huh? I'm like, yeah. five, I said, five by K? He's like, no, five by 2K. I'm like, you're lucky they ran as well as they did, bro. Yeah. yeah. You know? What's funny is that Josh and I actually had that conversation, and as Josh and I had lots of conversations, but that was actually one of the things that kind of shaped – you know, kind of my thought process about that was, you know, he told me, Hey, we want to stay title in 94 and never want to, you know, we never want a major invite. And I thought, man, if you can get a group that's mentally tough, that can understand that, that, you know, we may not be the best at new Prairie or new Haven or Culver, um, but we're going to, you know, we're going to rock out in the postseason. Um, you just have to have the right group, I think. So, yeah, so, right? so Josh though, but why, why was that important on that Thursday afternoon, 36 hours for new Prairie to do an eight or higher as Cove said. Yeah. And, and why was that important for, for mm-hmm. four or five weeks later well because the, the, the main reason was back then in the middle 2000s late 2000s the nlc um had tuesday meets accounted so we had to we had to go hard tuesday and i didn't want just to go long run monday and race tuesday and do nothing until saturday um and so i had to get some sort of quality in and i knew i was going to change that come a month out from the state meet um and i knew i had kids that could handle it they trusted me believed in me uh, you know, like Chad, like, like one of your favorite kids you've ever coached is, is Travis. I won't drop his last name unless you want to, but he is, he, he, he can handle that. You know, he, he right. can handle it. And so could Sabrax and Fritz and Ken Collins, the kids that I coached that year. They're my top two men. Lawrence Spears, you know, you know, Ladd Mercer, they could, they could get crushed in Prairie. 
or one guy's crushed, one guy's not. And then they'd be like, all right, coach, I believe you. You're good. I'm good. Yeah. You know, it, it takes the right kid. That's, that's called the art of coaching is reading that so you know you kick and handle it. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so next, let's talk about uh, feeder school. This is probably my favorite part of this whole conversation. Is, right. uh, I, I, I've talked to you guys. Um, <laughs> that's my, my, my youngest daughter, Tilly. Uh, I've talked to you guys a lot about, you know, I know we talked about Penn High School gets tons of freshmen every year. And, you know, I coach to Penn, so I can say that. Um, it's a great um, luxury. Um, there's schools like, you know, Columbus North, Lawrence North, Zionsville, Carmel. We'll, we'll just go on the list and we'll Celine in Michigan or Mason in Ohio that they're getting tons of freshmen every single year. Um, explain, Chad, why don't you start? Just talk about how you get freshmen, how many you get. You kind of hinted at it already, yeah. but this is kind of the process. Yeah. Well, uh, a little background in South Bend schools. Um, basically, there's four high schools, and middle school kids can go to any one of the high schools. Yeah. So there's magnets they can pick. So basically, um, you know, we've got kids that go to, you know, Jackson, which is like right in our backyard here. And they can go to Clay, which is way across town. You know, they can go anywhere they want to go. So, you know, part of the challenge for us is I'll go to a middle school meet. And first of all, that num- you know, numbers are dwindling. Um, I think we've lost like 6,000 students in the last two, three years um, that live in South Bend, but do not go to South Bend school. So, our, our first problem is we're losing a lot of, a lot of kids. Um, and they're going to you know, the neighboring, you know, schools in Mishawaka and Penn and John Glenn and all those. So that's the first challenge is to try to keep them. Um, you know, a couple of summers ago, I had, I had four incoming freshman boys that I lost, you know, before school even started, you know, they were all going to come to Riley and, and then parents decided to send them somewhere else. So, you know, right off the bat, I'm thinking I'm going to have a lot more freshmen than I do. So they can choose where to go. So if I go to a middle school meet, um, you know, you're, you're basically, it sounds crazy, but, and they, they tell you, you know, the, the recruiting word's a dirty word, but they can go to any high school they want to go to. So just because they go to a school that's near their high school, you know, near our high school, et cetera, uh, doesn't mean it. So the next challenge is if they're going to stay in South Bend schools, you know, which, which high school are they going to go to? And, you know, so each high school has a different magnet. And so, you know, you lose some kids that um, are really good runners and they want to go, you know, where that magnet is. So sometimes you just, you lose them. Uh, even if they live, I mean, I've had kids that live a block away from Riley High School that, you know, travel 25, 30 minutes up to Clay. Um, so it just happens. And so you've got to be diligent. Um, I try to be seen as much as possible. Um, and it's hard. It's hard, hard to talk to a, a middle school kid and try to convince them that, hey, you know, our program is something you want to be a part of. It's special. Um, you know, and we do things the right way and, and you don't have a lot of progress. So it's uh, it's challenging. Um but we, we do, we're getting more boys than girls. Our school, you know, we're, we're at about a thousand kids right now. And we've got about, uh, we got about 600 boys and about you know, maybe 400 girls, uh, a little, actually a little under 400 girls. So it's really a challenge trying to get girls. Um, so yeah, it, it's just, it's just not easy. So, yeah. So um, it sounds like you, you, your boys and girls are different classes almost. Like you have a, you have a, a, a maybe a 4A boys school and a 2A girls school. Right. Yeah. Right. And so like even this year, you know, we're pushing, you know, we're gonna be pushing almost 30 boys and, you know, we have like five girls and, and I'm trying just as hard on oh, both. I so. know you are. Yeah. Yeah. Challenge. And, um, you know, like I said, basically, you know, where, where we're at here, um, if you can't develop kids and I know every kid develops a little bit, I, I get that. But what I'm saying is if you can't develop kids, um, you're not going to survive and you're not going to be able to be competitive yeah. uh, just because there's so little wiggle room. I mean, you know, whereas some, some schools might get, 20 freshmen, we might get four or five. And so, um, you know, you've got to, you've got to have some of those kids pop or, or it's going to be a long four years. So yeah, it's a challenge for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, we have, we have high free reduced lunch and, and um, you know, we just, we have a different environment um, that, that a lot of schools have. So, well, I, but we take pride. Yeah. And I, I tell you this, dude, I mean, I, and I, one thing I don't think a lot of people notice or realize is that South, South Bend community school, uh, middle schools only compete against other South Bend community school, middle schools. <laughs> right. And I think that's a whole other, another dynamic. They get that local hero effect, and they and they they think they're good, and all of a sudden they get to high school, and then they're racing against Mishawaka and Northridge and Michigan City and, sure. and Culver, and it's completely yeah. different. Yeah, they have no idea what it's like, yes. and you know we have a lot of our middle schools. Um, you know, they can they, most of the time they can't find coaches, and yep. uh, some schools like their practices are going to Dairy Queen. And, <laughs> you know, so it's a challenge, um, but you just try to you try to get kids uh, that are hardworking, smart kids come out and. You know, usually if you can get them for a week, um, 
you know, if you can get them to come to practice for a week, you know, we usually have them. Uh, they like the environment, the structure, uh, the discipline, and all that kind of good stuff. So, but it is a challenge. I, I won't lie to you. Um, and like I said, you know, losing thousands of kids every year, uh, it's getting harder every year. So it's uh, it's becoming more challenging yeah. you know, over my last 18 years for sure. Well, I'd say I always love being around your team. And, you know, now whether I'm recruiting your kids or, or even Cove's kids, you guys always have a great group of kids that, that you've developed well and, uh, but it, it, obviously, I know you'd love to have three times as many. I know. So. Yeah, it would be fun. I often, <laughs> you know, you go to the clinic and you talk to people and, you know, yeah, we've got 30 freshman boys. And I was like, wow, that's, you know, that's crazy. So, you know, there's there's the haves and the have-nots. And, you know, you just got to kind of make the best of it. But I, I kind of like that, uh, you know, we kind of always play up that mantra of, you know, we're the little guy and it's us against the world. And so we kind of use that. We try to use that to kind of motivate ourselves, et cetera. So, I love it. yeah, but it's a, it's a challenge for sure. All right, Cole, we're going to move on to the – because your feeder program story is not as cool as Chad's. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's not. He has, he has a lot more challenges than you I do. Definitely. John Young Middle School. You know, they got their own track that I think Bethel <laughs> University now uses. But I don't matter. I know Goshen. No, sorry. that's my – sorry. sorry, wrong school. Yeah. Um, they kicked our butt all the time. So, I want you to talk – each of you – I'll start with Cole this time. So I want you to talk about Anna Roar, kind of the, the journey there. Um, and then, Chad, we'll have you talk about uh, your your boys' teams going to state and your success in the 100. Cole? Yeah. Yeah. Ironically, I just uh, – uh, Anna just came over to and did a workout today on our track. Um, and she – so I got to see her this morning, and she was excited. It's the first time that she ever ran on a brand-new track. It was like, like – Oh, that's right. Yeah, she was a little kid again. It was like she was awesome. And she she loved it. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, you guys, both you guys have had incredible success on, on your side, multiple state champions. And, um, it's kind of going into the, the kind of the bigger question. You know, Anna is the greatest girls distance runner in Indiana history. And, you know, Peterson, he has a guy coming up that could be. Um, would you rather coach the greatest ever or a series of greats, a number of greats? Mm. Um yeah, because, you know, Fletcher, we could put together our top 10 3,200-meter runners. I would have number one, and you would have numbers two through 10, you know. And uh, and it's kind of – and so it's, it's been it – was, it was amazing. Um, I was at LaPorte, uh, and I left LaPorte for Mishawaka just before Mike Fout got there, before he won his national titles and state titles. And I kind of thought I missed out on my opportunity to coach an all-time great. Oh, wow. Mike Fout. And it's like, well, you know, I, I wonder. I kind of like they did a phenomenal job with Fout. He had his same, he had injuries also, but I always yeah. kind of, I always thought, I wonder if I would have been able to coach Mike Fout to state and national titles. And uh, and so when Anna came around, it was a little bit different than some. She, we have our feeder program with the coach has been there for the last almost like thirty years. Uh, he does things very old school. He does things differently. Uh, we all realize that we can't tell him what to do. He is very hit, but he, the kids, he gets the kids out and the kids love them. And mm-hmm. I can't coach if there's no, so I can't tell him, Hey, you should do this and this and this. Cause it doesn't matter. Cause then he, then we wouldn't, somebody else, he would leave. We wouldn't get the kids out. Uh, and so Anna ran a little bit in middle school, but I don't, uh, but she was, she had a lot of injuries and other things she was coming up. And so her freshman year, she really was, she was going to be, we thought she could be our number one, but there was no signs whatsoever that she would be as great as she was. Um, <laughs> and, and nothing. And that was kind of the fun part. And then, then her between her freshman and sophomore year, she started decided that she was just going to start running with the boys. And uh, every workout, she decided she wanted to be she wanted to be better, and she would just start taking off with the boys. And she's running these, you know, she's looking great in workouts. We go down to Steve's run, she wins the 10K at Steve's run, and she just and um, you know the very first race that her sophomore year, and here she is against some of the better competitions in the state. Um, you know, Ashley Erba posts some some sub 18 minute time, and everybody's raving about Erba went this, and suddenly you know an hour later, Anna posts you know, this 1740 time, it was like, holy crap, you know. Yeah, Cole, I'll never forget, I think it was the New Prairie, her sophomore year, and her and her and uh, Anna, or her and, um, who's the girl you just mentioned, I'm sorry, Herba, Herba. they go into the woods, and and uh, Roar comes out first, I'll, I'll never forget that moment, and I was like, well, oh, yeah. we got a star here, wasn't that her sophomore year, was that right? Yeah, that was her sophomore year, and I actually told her before oh, not amazing. to fall, so, and luckily she didn't listen to me because uh, a few years earlier when Mike Fout uh, for Laporte, we had a stud runner, Craig Padgett, 
and Craig was highly competitive and Craig decided yeah. I'm going to stick with Mike Fout. You know, I'm going to go at him, you know. And so Craig and, and Fout, who would go on to uh, be a national champion, and Craig would be 10th in the state that year. So he's all state. But he said, I'm going to stick with Fout. He goes into the woods and he's with Fout. And he comes out of the woods and he is just toast. <laughs> yeah. He's, ab- <laughs> he's absolute toast, you know. And he barely finishes. I forget where he finished, but some people were catching him. And he just, you know, that last mile was a death march, half mile. And so that was sticking in my mind when Anna was going to say, don't go with Herba. I don't want you to blow up and have a bad experience and lose your confidence. Uh, but I didn't know. And I think she didn't, you know, we didn't. Uh, Coach Sparks, even at Notre Dame, will say Anna is can suffer more than anybody else in a race. Her, I would agree with that. Her, well, uh, Coach, she put up with you for four years. She did. <laughs> she really, great suffering. I mean, uh, impressive. That's very, she did. Uh, and so she yeah. just, uh, you know, and she just stuck with it. And, um, and, and that was, yeah, that was an amazing experience. And, her, and that for us, and I think going back, going to the girls and developing girls, the big issue that kind of gets lost in all this is suddenly you have a girl who's just, hey, I just want to be a part of a team. My friends were on the team. This is why I came out. I just like running. Now she's thrown into this national spotlight. I mean, just skip the state. We're just going to go to the national level. Yeah. And, and everybody's yeah. talking about it or asking about her. And that was hard to handle. And I had to sit down with mom. I, I told people I won uh, the lottery three times with Anna. Um, her talent won, obviously. Uh, her personally, as a person, uh, very coachable, like a sponge. Um, and then her parents. Uh, her parents mm. trusted me. And I, th- I think that's a big thing, especially with coaching the girls. You're, the, coach, the parents have to buy in. It's like, I'm going to trust you with my daughter to do the right thing. Right. And so, you know, just talking with her about the, hey, this is, we may have to start talking about qualifying for nationals. Uh, or we have to talk about, there's this race in Wisconsin called Foot Locker. We have to think about that. Um, and so that was hard, you know, because when she was able to win her sophomore year and beat her, uh, she, was, she was already mentally exhausted. And I think just ready to kind of, and then everybody, yeah. I think what really hurt was, the boys at that time weren't as disciplined and everybody else just kind of left. She had nobody to train with. They stuck around for about a week. And so it's just me and her. And, uh, and she didn't want to go. There was a time her mom came to my room and said like, look, we're, you know, she just wants to be done a week before her Foot Locker regional. Like, uh, we think we, we think we're just going to stop. And it's like, and I, and I had it was like, whatever's best for the athlete, you guys, whatever. All right. Yeah, this is what you want to do. Right. Uh, so anyways, she um we decided to go down anyways and in the car she's even thinking about i don't know we bring some friends along with her and then she gets there and you know long story short she wins wins the race qualifies for national wins a national championship um wow you know and it's and and then the the injuries but it was such a you know surreal experience you know i was learning a lot she was learning a lot and um and then we go you know she had she was able to win state three years in a row for track. Uh, and then her sophomore year in cross country, she runs the fastest time. And I think the nation at that time, she goes 1652. Then she suffers the injury again to her feet and she's in a wheelchair. And I think with her and me and, and you guys have been there when you got a phenomenally, incredibly talented, you're invested emotionally and mentally with that athlete too. And, That's right. And when the injuries happen, you're crushed too, yep. you know, and you're like, I just screwed up. Those are sleepless nights. Yeah. It's like, what did I do? You, you take, you, you feel like you're the blame part of it. Like yeah. if I would have done this, maybe, she, you know, and uh, then you have one of the, the best runners in the nation in a wheelchair and she can run yeah. again. Uh, and then, uh, especially when you don't have any wife and any kids, Cove, like you and I, like yeah. we got nothing to come home to. We're just yeah. like, oh man, yeah, was, we really screwed this up. We have nothing else but this. Yeah, that was right. Yes. So, hey, let me say this real quick though for all, any listeners out there, what what Coach Cove said about Anna running with the boys, and and you guys are both fortunate enough to be both the boys and girls coaches, and and I know I've I've, I've done both as well as separate. And I know Josh has too. But um, if you have somebody that good, you really need – if you're the girls' coach, you have somebody that good that can run with the boys, you need to let them run with the boys. You're still their coach, but you need to work with that boys' coach and say, hey, let's yes. let's modify this because the only way she's going to get pushed to a, a 1730 or 1650 or, you know, what have you 
is by running with the boys, not by running with all the, you know, these a 20 flat girl is great, but it's nowhere near a 17 minute. Oh yeah. It, um, you gotta have, you gotta have boys who are going to buy into it too. You're going to have to have boys right. who are going to have to, you know, it's not going to bruise their ego. It's like, look, this is what you're doing. Uh, yeah. Oh, well it, it, get faster. Yeah, exactly. Get faster, bro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, we had a track meet one year with uh, Mr. Walking Penn, and it was getting kind of dark, so we had to combine the two-mile. Uh, boys and girls was a boy-girl meet. And so <laughs> I remember this. Three, three-fourths of my boys, or maybe even more, got beat by Anna in the two-mile. And, uh, yeah, it was – Yeah, she won the race. Fun. Yeah, she won the race. So boys and girls, she won She won the race. She ran like 10, 11 or something, dude, on a Tuesday night. Yeah, she, she was uh, pretty fast. One of my yeah. favorite stories about the whole Anna thing with Cove is, you know, Cove and I obviously, you know, we hang out pretty much every week, and – so I'm sorry was, for uh, that, called, Chad. <laughs> yeah. So the Animania was kind of starting. And I remember Cove sitting on the porch being like, it's weird. All these coaches are calling me from across the, you know, across the country. And they want to know, like, what am I doing with Anna? And he's like, I'm doing the same things I always did, you know. And so I always joke with Cove, you know, it, it's amazing what talent can do for your coaching ability. So, um, yeah, well, getting Cove did an amazing job with Anna. Yeah. I mean, well, a lot of people couldn't have handled that. She yeah, I think, Chad, I agree with you. Like, what you said is true. Uh, but like I said earlier, Cove, I mean, Cove, you've done, you did an amazing job of nurturing and reading the signs. And, and even when there was an injury, you, you still kept grinding and I, I'll give you all the credit for that. So yeah, well, you got, you got to be able to put aside your own ego. Uh, you you got to be good at, with, with coaching, you know, there's obviously great, great coaches out there, but most of the time you just got to be good enough. You just have, if you have an incredible talent, if you got an incredibly talented athlete, you, you just have to be good enough. Now, if she's in a different program, maybe she, I think she probably still wins state. Maybe she doesn't win nationals with different coaches, but she probably still wins state. Uh, or maybe she goes to nationals and plays pretty highly, but we, it was the patient being patient with her and saying, Hey, you got, and not screwing it up and letting the athlete develop and let her, letting her mature. And there was times that, we had definitely had to change and adjust workouts. Uh, and I had, you know, it's not what I put on paper. Uh, what we say a lot, and I've been hearing a lot, you know, I've told Chad this, it's like there's a lot of there's a lot of workout, you know, plans out there. There's a lot of recipes out there, but not everybody knows how to cook. Yeah, I agree, Cove. And I, I like your uh, your patience reference. Was that a plug for your last great athlete you had, your sprinter, yeah. Johnson, <laughs> who, who I'm a big fan of, by the way. Yeah, so. she was, and, and that's what yeah. she did her senior year. And, and she was like, she was another one uh, who, you know, everybody said she was going to be the next Anna, but she was on the sprint side, and uh, and she uh, she was went, phenomenal. She still is phenomenal. I'm, I'm saying like she's gone, uh, but uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So Chad. Talk me about talk about your your boys teams that have gone to state and kind of what that looked like in semi state, et cetera. Sure. Um, well, you know, going back a little ways, you know, 2003, I took over uh, the Riley program. Uh, Cove remembers this well. We were the worst team in Northern Indiana, maybe all of Indiana, but I didn't know the South very well, so we were really bad. So, you know, from the very beginning, um, you know, pretty quickly, I just kind of thought, man, what a dream it would be, you know, to get to get this program. Uh, you know, the state finals. And so we had a couple of near misses. Um, 2008, we had some, you know, we had really good teams in one conference and sectional. Uh, you know, we just couldn't couldn't put it together. We just couldn't, you know, one person kind of fell out. We couldn't get it done. Um, so, you know, we had quite a few, you know, top 10 performances at the semi-stage. Just couldn't quite get over the hump. And, you know, kind of then we came to, um, you know, into the 2012 season. And I thought, man, we're going to have a special group. Uh, Travis, you talked about earlier. Love him. Um, yeah, he was, yeah, he, he was, uh, he was one of the, you know, he was the toughest kid I ever coached. He was just tougher than heck. And so, you know, I knew we were going to be pretty darn good. And, and as, as you said, Josh, you know, you told me before, you know, if you can put five guys under 17 minutes, you know, semi-state, you know, you, you got, you got a realistic shot. And so that was kind of our goal, uh, that year is we knew Travis could post a low number. Yes. I think he went two or something like that at the at semi-state and, um, but yeah, just, you know, I thought about that day for so long. You know, and if, you know, some coaches, you know, that year, I remember we went to the regional and I thought to myself, um, it's going to go two ways. We're going to win the regional or we could, we could win the regional and not go to state um, <laughs> you know, or we could kind of breeze through the regional and put all our eggs in the semi-state basket. And, uh, you know, so we kind of made a, not a conscious decision, but we, we kind of decided we, we were going to, you know, we were going to put it on the lines of semi-state. And so we Chad, got, exp- like, explain that though, please. Well, we just didn't, we didn't back off much going, you know, going to the, not, not back off, but we, we hammered pretty hard the, the regional week. I mean, um, I, I was just kind of, we, we hit it pretty hard that week and we knew we'd be, um, you know, a little tired at the regional, but I, I thought, you know, after coaching for so many years, if, if you, 
if you set a trip to state finals, you know, or a regional title, uh, me personally, I, you know, I know which one I would pick. So we got like third in the region that year. Um, and like I said, we, we had, like we were talking about earlier, we had such a tough group um, that it didn't phase them at all getting third in the regional. I mean, after that race, we're like, you know, we're doing it next week. We're going to state. And so, you know, we showed up, you know, semi-state. I think we had four guys, I think three guys went 1659. And so our two, three, four went 1659. And I think our five went 17 flat and Travis went like 17 or 16 flat or 1602 or something. So we, uh, you know, it was a moment I'll never forget. Uh, you know, yes. like I said, some schools, for some schools, that's just an every year thing and it's not a big deal. Um, but, you know, but for, for us, uh, it was just an unbelievable, you know, dream come true. And just the whole experience, you know, going to Terre Haute and being there, I'll never forget. And I've told this story. We, they did a thing. I don't know if it was Indiana runner or run Indiana back then, but, you know, about free and reduced lunch and these. And so, <laughs> you know, there was articles in the paper, local paper. So we get down to Terre Haute and, and we're, you know, we're warming up the day before. And I mean, we got all these coaches coming up to us and they're like, Oh, we're like, man, that's such a, you know, God, it's such a great story. It was, I mean, it was almost like we were handicapped or something. Like, everyone was just like, <laughs> everyone was like, and it's just an incredible thing you guys did. And, you know, it's like, good job. You need anything from us? You know, we're like, oh, we're, we're good. You know, so. Chad, I thought you were going to say they all brought you Subway for lunch. <laughs> yeah, well, it was like a little engine that could, you know, because they saw, I think they did something where, you know, we had like the highest free reduced lunch and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, but it, it was a, it was an unbelievable experience. Um, you know, unfortunately, and, 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 you know, we were, we were so, I felt like we were so spent. Um, I felt like we had, you know, some teams obviously can get through the semi-state and put all their eggs in the state basket, but we were, re- we were really spent, you know, emotionally and, and physically. I think we just, I mean, we just went to the well, <coughs> you know, at semi-state and, and, uh, uh, and, and actually that week, <laughs> that week going into the state finals, Travis, our number one kid, we had these uh, concrete cement picnic tables out back that are bolted to the ground. So he decided before practice on Monday, state week, that he was going to try to leap over it. He slipped in the grass, um, collided into the table, and fractured his kneecap. So, oh, yeah. So in 2013, we got like 21st in the state. We should have been higher. Uh, he was like a minute slower. He did run, but he ran with a fractured kneecap. So, uh, and then, like I said, we, we graduated five of our top seven, and uh, we came back that you know that next year in 2014. And, and uh, we just eclipsed Penn. I uh, think we got by six points. Uh, we, we backdoored. We, we snuck our way back into uh, to that sixth spot and went back to back state finals. So it, it was unbelievable. It was an unbelievable group. Um, and like I said, for us, it was it was a Super Bowl. You know, I mean, it, it was a big it was a big deal. It's, it's hard for you know it's hard for us to get semi state. Uh, you know, let alone get the state finals. So yeah, it was pretty awesome to say the least. So well, that, that's interesting though that what you talk about with the the tapering. So if you had tapered for regionals there's no way you would have had a good performance at semi-state, let alone state. I just don't, you know, good song, but you know, in my heart of hearts, I believe if we went out and, and went to the well a little deeper, uh, backed off a little bit regionally, if we won that regional that year, I don't think we went to state. I could have been wrong, you know, but it, that's kind of how I feel about it. So I feel like for us you know, where we were at, we kind of had to pick our poison. Uh, I know right. some teams are, are good enough. You can win the regional and win the semi-state and still do great uh, state finals. But I just kind of felt we had to kind of we had to kind of pick and choose our battles. So right, well that that's a tribute to you, Chad, to get them to believe in that too. Because at Angola right now, we still our mentality uh, of our kids as well as our parents is is let's let's taper and win conference and maybe win sexual. That's about it, you know. Whatever else, like maybe we'll have a really good kid get to state, but um, we have not changed that. That's my goal this year is yeah. to change that mentality, and it's tough. And I know you you all three of you guys have done a, a great job with that. But, um, but that's interesting. My, uh, in, in 2003, our boys at Concordia made state for the first time in history um, of the school. And um, we got down there and coach McLean uh, at Northridge, Josh's buddy um, after the race, he's like, you're the first team to ever get 21st out of 20. Uh, that's how bad we ran. Still like, finishing. Yeah, literally. Like I, I'll still say 21st because now that there's 24 teams. It sounds good. But yeah, in those days, it was 20s. We definitely got last. Uh, but naked last, even behind those uh, South teams you t- you spoke of, Coach. Uh, you know, the Bedfords and who are those? Uh, North Evans- 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 yeah, 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 yeah. No yeah. Evansville, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, I'm offended by them that they're there. Um, <laughs> I meant to Evansville when we talking bad about it. Yeah, yeah, they're the whole town. Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of athletic directors and other people don't understand the parents we got to understand we, we you know would you want to get to state meet or win a sectional and have your season over by the regional or semi-state 
And I think a lot of us, we want to get to that state meet. But a lot of them would say they'd rather win conference and six. Yeah. And it's a try to that mindset. And then, and then end the season early, you know, it's like, I'm sure if we went to conference or sectional, I'm thinking, well, we should be good enough to get to the state meet. Uh, And and for me, it's almost like a part, like a failure. That's a failing in coaching. If you win a conference or sectional and maybe a it depends on where you're at and not make it to the state. You know, if you, you know, so it's kind of like, you know, we, every year the goal is to, Hey, we, you know, you always want to walk away with a trophy. You always want to try to win a trophy, obviously, but uh, you know, I think some of that goes back to, you know, kind of our community we live in and stuff. So some of that, you know, they trusted me because I don't, we don't have a lot of parents that were ever runners, you know, in my 20 years of coaching distance kids here, um, I can count on two hands, you know, a number of, you know, parents that were actually runners or even, even weekend warriors. So wow. we don't have a lot of 5k. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't have a lot of parents that, yep. <laughs> that run. And so honestly, it's a double-edged sword that, you know, they maybe don't come in as, with as much background, but I don't get a lot of feedback. So that year and stuff, I mean, the parents were all on board and they, they just trusted, you know, mm-hmm. the kids trust, you know, kind of what I said and what we were going to do. And so that's kind of the advantage, I guess, of having a community that doesn't have a lot of you know, running background. I tell you, both you, both you, at, you know, Chad, you and Cole, both. Uh, I would say you both, you both coach and teach at, at uh, schools in the inner city and have the same challenges. And and you both have had teams to to the state cross country meet. And I think that's a a tribute to your kids, to your to your administration, and to you guys as coaches. So appreciate kudos, that. Kudos, appreciate man. that. Yeah, I, I've told you guys many times, but I want to get it on record. So <laughs> very, very impressive. There's proof now. So no, it's it's. It's way different than than the Carmels, and, you know, the 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 pens and the and the, and the, and the mega schools of the world. So, yeah, you know, I think for 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 Chad and I both, you know, we there's opportunities that maybe to go to more successful, you know, or you know, better opportunities. But well, I, well, I would tell you this: when we when we do win, when we are successful, it means so much more. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree, Joe. But I, I think what you're saying is like more successful templates. I think other schools might have the template for success. Yeah. Uh, but but you guys have created your own template, man. You guys have created your own your own method and madness, and I love it. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, right. I, I, yeah. That's good. Good coaching, no matter where you're at. You you have to know the culture and the environment of the school where you're at. Uh, you, you know, it, like with Peterson and Angola, when you at when you were at Northridge, and then you had to change that when you went to Penn. It was Northridge and Penn, totally different. And you're going to have to adjust to that environment and that culture wherever you're at. And in every school and every uh, community is different. And you're going to have to have a, a tight pulse on that and that what works. I, I agree, guys. So, so we have uh, another question here at the end. We're kind of kind of skip forward. This is my this is my go to at clinics. And when I was whenever I spoke, when I sat and listened, I always asked this question. So, it is uh, September. Uh, in, a, in a normal cross country season, well, who knows if this will be normal this coming fall? Uh, yeah. We'll start. We'll start with Chad. Uh, give okay. me your favorite uh, interval session workout. Um, in September, September huh? or October, workout Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, you're. Yeah, flow, I'm flow track right now. It's workout Wednesday. What day am yeah. I coming to watch, and what am I watching? Well, first of all, I don't think flow track ever uh, comes to South Bend. <laughs> uh, right. They're always welcome. You got to be a little careful, you know, coming <laughs> in the neighborhood. But, but stay uh, off Michigan. I got yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, it, it can be a little healthy. Uh, no, uh, one, one of the you know one of the ones, and again, it sounds you know it sounds kind of kind of basic, but uh, our our kids really kind of like, um, especially kind of a little bit later in the year, kind of like the the K's and the five hundred workout. I, I personally love five hundreds. Uh, I know Josh and I have talked before, but you know how much we love 500s. I, I just feel like, uh, I don't know, they just build so much confidence and, and the kids obviously can just kind of feel fast. So we, we kind of, a couple times late later in the year, you know, we'll kind of throw some, uh, you know, some Ks at the beginning and then we'll just kind of drop down to some 500s. Um, and, and like I said, we, we like to do a lot of 150 lead-ups, um, which is kind of, you know, maybe maybe a generic feed the cats uh, <laughs> without timing them, uh, you know, where we just have three 50-meter zones. Um, so sometimes we'll just kind of work our way down. We'll do, do a few, you know, a handful of Ks. Uh, you know, hit some 500s and then we'll kind of do some 150 lead ups. Um, and, and that's, you know, it, it sounds generic. Um, oh, it's, pretty, it's okay. Actually, it actually, Chad, it doesn't sound generic because yeah. I find myself falling into the, into the trap of just doing, oh, mile repeats, K repeats, you know, where I, I like you mixing it up like that. And I need to do a better job of doing that. 
It's just it's one that kids like. I don't know why it is, but over the years, our kids just. Love, I mean, when I say five hundred, you'd think I just said we're gonna have like an ice cream social or something. I mean, it's, <laughs> I don't know what it is, and it's not like we have blazing fast kids, and it's not like you know we have you know blazing uh, you know four hundred eight hundred kids. But it just for some reason uh, they like it. So that's kind of what we do, and, and they like the one fifty lead ups a lot as well. Uh, when you do the one fifty lead ups correctly, I mean it's it's a it's a real pretty drill to do. So. So I'd say uh, I'd say that's uh, one of my favorites. Hey, yeah. I, I know real, real quick here. What, years ago, Chad, we did um, ten by five hundred with with a hundred jog in between. So that yep. obviously to a five k, it, it worked out really well. I mean, like literally, you know, whatever they ran that in is pretty much the the five k fitness they were in. It was interesting. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I like it. All right, Cove, go. Yeah. I, I, I'm a big believer in repeating workouts that we've done earlier in the season. I don't yes. want to. I, 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 too many coaches try to get fancy and cute later. And, oh, I read this workout from this coach, and you know we're going to try this. Like, do that the sounds like that, you, Cove. That's not you. <laughs> it's not me. So you know, do the workouts that got you there. Do the workouts that the kids know. Um, I we try to. There's that emotional tax of the workout, anyways. I don't want the kids stressing about something new. And like, wh- what are we doing? How are we doing this? You know, they should already know if we're. So we do a lot of uh, repeat case. Um, and they know exactly the court, the route that we're doing is we do it at, we have a grassy loop at a park, uh, of one mile away from the school. They know exactly the loop. They know exactly where the 500 are, the, all the splits. Uh, sometimes we may do it on the track. And so we stick to that workout. So the kids, it's very, they, it's very simple for them as far as from a mental mindset. And then it's just, then it's just manipulating, uh, the paces on that. So in the late in the year, we'll do combo workouts, we'll call them. Uh, so we'll do a combo. We may start with a fast 400. We got a 400 loop. We're going to do a fast 400 because this is going to be like the first, the start of the race. So we're going to kind of mix race conditions. So fast 400, then it's going to be a, a kind of a short recovery. And then we'll probably do, um, if we're doing six by six by a K or six or seven by a K, we'll do maybe the first three at uh, a threshold pace a steady pace with a short recovery. And then we'll probably may do the last three at race pace. Um, and then just make sure that they're feeling relaxed when they finish. I don't want them going to the well on that. Hey, feeling relaxed. And then we may finish with uh, some repeat uh, 200s at the end. Just some, I want them, whatever the workout is, I want that last rep to be fast and feel good about it. That sounds yeah. like an Miko, I don't know. That sounds like a couple of H's. You're sneaking in too many H's in there now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I love you, buddy. Yeah, you know, we we try to we try to cap it out, and each kid, I'm kind of I'm pulling out. You know, is is you know, it's like, all right, you know, you've done enough. I'm. I think a lot of it, I'm I'm watching their breathing, uh, watching their body language, and say, like, all right, well, you know, where you, how they're feeling, where they had they been taking care of themselves, have have they been feeling sick? Um, I don't I don't want I hate kids who try to do a macho workout. It was like, you know, um, you know, I'm going to got warriors. Yeah. I'm You're just... saying you hate kids. What'd you say? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, hate, as well. I, hate, I hate the kids that try to do the macho workout who want to, you know, you're not going to win. You're not going to win your sectional or your, your, your set your PR on a Tuesday, right. you know? And so listen, make... yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, I don't want anything doing that. I don't <laughs> want to do that workout on Tuesday that you, you're not going to be able to come back and do, you know, perform you know. the way you should on a Saturday. And so that's like our kind of our go-to at the end. We do a combo workout where it'll be like a fast 400, uh, anywhere from five to six, maybe seven uh, uh, by a K. Uh, the first couple may be a threshold. The last few may be uh, at race pace. Uh, maybe over split it. Maybe we'll do uh, maybe the, the last, the, the beginning and the end will be at kind of a tempo threshold pace. And then the middle ones will be at race pace. Uh, then we'll finish off with a couple quick 200s. And then, um, but I always want to make sure that they're finished. The last one should be their best one. The last one, they should walk away feeling good, feeling confident. Yeah, I, I, I definitely like the fact that, you, that you're repeating those workouts because you're asking kids to run their best 5K at the end of the season. You know, and if their workouts are getting better because you've proven them that this you did in August, now you're better, well, then they have no excuse. And they like, they like the Ks because now that's what we get our splits in. And so we do not do mile splits. And at a meet, we do the K, we do K splits. Yeah, I agree. I would too. And so now they know it's like, all right, I want you to run uh, this these Ks at this pace. So we're trying to change their mindset, and which most of the road racers, 
and most coaches, they think about what's my mile split, what's my first mile, my two mile split. We're trying to get them into that mile, that mindset of the K split. I agree. So we repeat a lot of those K's and they're saying, well, I'm, you know, yeah, I'm going through this K and, and three something. This is, you know, this is, you know, normally in a, so when they get into the race and they hear those K's, it, they can relate to it in the workout and in the workouts, they can relate to it where they at in a race. And, um, and so I said, Hey, you know, you ran that first K at new Prairie and three something, and you just, you did that the same exact time here today, but it was supposed to be a tempo. And, and that's shown that you actually did it in race pace. Um, and so that's th- that terminology. I think all teams need to have a common language, a common, you know, communication, what the coach and what they're talking about. So that common language, um, and I think for us, it's a, if we repeat that a lot in the workouts, that helps. Right. Well, and, and you had talked, Coach Cove, you had talked about earlier, like not being an eight or a nine, like in in the season. I and I agree with you. Like a lot of times, that's that's good. But I think the most important thing is, like, let, let's say that. I mean, that, to me, there's nothing wrong with doing mile repeats in June with a freshman who's brand new to everything. As long as you're doing it appropriately, let's say it's a freshman female who ran 14 minutes for 3K, you know, in in her eighth grade season. Like, so, OK, let's let's try to run 730 for three by one mile with three minute rest, because you're looking at the ultimate goal is you want to get her down to 630 mm-hmm. by October. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. so like that's that's the, the problem with coaches is the coaches that are in June or July, et cetera, saying, like, give me everything you got. Give me everything you got. There's no goal. Just give me everything you got on this, on all of these reps in this last one. And then all of a sudden she runs way above her head and she runs 702 for her average in June. It's like, well, where's she going to go from there? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. What do you it, think, Chad? Oh, no, I agree. And, and, you know, I, we won't, we won't name drop anybody, but yes, uh, you know, everybody knows who those, you know, what some of those programs are and stuff that, that, uh, you know, try to win June and July sometimes. And, and, uh, you know, I think I just with experience over the years, you just kind of, you adjust and, and you kind of you know, figure out what's important. And like I said, that's one of the things I learned from, from Josh was, uh, you know, there's, like you said, there's really only one month that matter. And so uh, everything's got to be geared towards being fast. I think, you know, what was, I- what, what was interesting about coach Fletcher though at Northridge that I think I disagreed with until I actually got to know him and kind of liked him was, uh, <laughs> was uh, they did, you know, they did the five mile prediction run every, every Monday, like starting in June, something in, in Middlebury. And I was like, man, we're not trying to run all out every single Monday, but I think that he had it set up appropriately. Like I was just talking about where, you know, let's say it was his best kid. Let's, uh, let's say go back to like a Braxton Fritz, like, well, Braxton, I want you to run 30 minutes in June, but I want you to run 26 minutes in, in September when we do this, like, Whereas there's other coaches, like, like you said, Chad, we won't name drop, but Cove, but um, <laughs> just joking, but um, guys, that they'll ask you to give your all out effort in June. But um, Josh, if you could talk about the prediction run, like what that was, that was very interesting to me because we came up and did it from Concordia. Yeah. We, we, we would drive an hour, 15 minutes, almost every Monday and it worked. Well, you know, a lot of times I found with the prediction runs, kids, you know, younger younger boys didn't realize what an eight, nine, ten, or on your scale code was. So they didn't, yeah, they didn't know how to push themselves hard. And what the prediction run was was a is a a a, uh, is a loop. It was a, it was a mile and a quarter loop. We did four times, mm-hmm. um, and they and they couldn't wear a watch, um, so they had to predict their time ahead. It was open to the community. It was more like a road race. Everyone, everyone had a dollar, et cetera. Uh, and they got to run the same hilly loop. There was much, as much downhill as there was uphill, obviously. And they had to run this same thing over and over and over. And it really taught them um, discipline. It taught them how to push themselves, you know, to an actual eight, nine, or ten. And yep. and, and I, you know, I charted it and I kept track of their data, um, handwritten. This is kind of before computers, really. And uh, and uh, it just showed them progress. You know, we used to, you know, you mentioned Steve's run. We used Steve's run a lot. Um, we always went hard on that 10k. You just kind of see where we're at. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, but, but, but those hard efforts never equaled a race efforts. I think hard effort and race effort are completely different in my opinion. Um, you know, you're not, you're not going to the well in a hard effort. You're going to the well in a race. Right. At, at least you should be. If not, yeah. you and I'll have a conversation when we're done because 
that you know, that that's not what I what I expect. Um, so, but in prediction oh. runs were were great. In that five mile distance was tough for some kids. Mm. Yeah, that was mentally, yeah. <laughs> mentally oh, yeah. daunting to run. Oh, the first time the first time we went there with Concordia, <laughs> I had like. I had like 16 flat boys running like 35 minutes getting beat by Megan Jackson. <laughs> I mean, Megan Jackson's awesome, but she can't run she 16 flat, right? She did beat, but yeah, they did go out too hard the first loop. And, but I mean, we kept coming back. And, I mean, it was hot. It was like 6 p.m. It was hot as crap. And I, and I think yeah. that's key for a lot of kids like that because they need to be. I think with so many kids, we forget that they're 15, 16, 17 year old who are learning how to run yes. and how to race, and they're going to fail. They, we want them to fail and sometimes to learn. Yeah, yeah failure's but, great. I agree, though. Well, now we know what Cove's doing every Monday, so. Cove's <laughs> uh, on there. I know he's writing this down right now. He, he's in the corner where this uh, loop is at. Prediction so. run Monday. It's, it's off the county road 131 in, in Middlebury, Elkhart County. Watch the horse flies, Cove. Watch yeah. your head. Cove will be there. You got to bring some horse fly off, some off or something. Uh, but it is – um, I tell you, yeah, you know, listen, I, I really appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to talk to us. And I, and I mean this not because I've known you guys forever, but I think a lot of times what you guys do is under the radar. Uh, Mishawaka High School and Stop and Riley are, are, are lucky to have you guys. You guys are Hall of Fame coaches in my book. Unfortunately, I'm not on the committee to vote for that. Uh, but uh, what you guys have done for your communities and for all the kids that you've coached, uh, it's evident to how many weddings and open houses you guys go to over the years uh you guys are are two of the best and i and i mean that appreciate, appreciate it, coach it. yeah appreciate that Fletch. i concur boys i look forward to the clinic every year <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember much afterwards but i right. look forward to we it always learn a lot beforehand uh, in the room. we always learn a lot absolutely so it's entertaining i can say that definitely let's hang soon all right absolutely guys. Hey, i appreciate right. it, it was good talk. thank Later. you guys appreciate it. Right. thank See you guys. coaches right. yep. bye, bye. bye.